I still wish we, we just did audio with this shit. I understand why we did camera, but like no wonder I'm so monotone and shit. Because when you get expressive, you make faces, and then my you know, face shit. is monstrous. It's embarrassing. <laughs> uh, it's better to just be stoically ugly than like expressively ugly and shit. Um, what the fuck is uh, cinephiliacs? I guess all right. We used to have holy clown cinephiliacs where we do this long three hour fucking rambling movie reviews. Then we switched to the hard out format, but we're bringing back Cinephiliacs to hard out. Still, I was thinking again last night if we should do double features within an hour or not. It might be better. We'll yeah. see how this goes. If to we talk have an about hour an worth entire of shit. movie. Yeah, exactly. But as we said, sometimes that'll just springboard us into right. You know, other topics related to it and stuff. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, my pick for next week. I don't know if we're gonna have an hour worth of shit to talk about it. Maybe. What was your pick next week? I forgot. Oh the yeah. Mission. <laughs> Might end up talking imperialism and shit, but it's like how fun is all that, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, but but mashing it up with your pick would be fucking amazing, right. which I don't even Party want to reveal. Monster. Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, it's funny. It's like it is. Yeah. It is. So the mission and party monster. That shit sounds did, amazing to me. In the event that we didn't mash them together, at least we're talking about it now, so it gets right. its due. <laughs> but um, um this that just week, sounds way crazier and more fun to me than a whole hour on the mission. Me too. Yeah. Well, it's all an experiment, man. We'll just keep But this one is just going to be a solo one. There's no double feature here. And this week we are talking about the death of Stalin, which was your pick. Yeah, when, from the Cinephiliacs run. You know, we alternated picks, and this was my last pick then, which is why I'm sticking with it now, just to for the continuity's sake. And it is a good movie. It's fucking I mean, awesome. What you thought of it. Yeah, exactly. No, it's amazing, dude. Yes. I uh, <laughs> uh, love that. The dude's just, name, Armando. Ianucci or something? Yeah, or Ianucci. I don't the guy know behind Veep. I'm yeah, pretty sure and, he created Veep. Uh, in the loop, a writer on it. In the loop. I don't know that one. Oh, that's made. a DC type thing, right? Too or no? Am I? What it's, is that? In the loop. It's another political kind of thing. It's got Gandolfini and. Uh, oh, I've never seen it, man. That's another. I saw one it once. Out. I don't remember it well, but I remember thinking it was fucking great. Just smart. It's so mm -hmm. refreshing to have a film by people you know who are intelligent as fuck who made it. Yes. Yeah. It's sort of in the. Um, approaching like a Sorkin or Mamet or something, but more like comedic and bumbling and shit, you know, which almost makes it better in some ways. I mean, I won't say better, but just uh, well, more entertaining. I don't know if I would want to watch the morose, serious version of this. Right, exactly, exactly. Power struggle. The, yeah, but yeah, the, this kind of shit, the bickering, you know, power, like you said, struggle, the the um, cynical nature of it, like that show Succession is sort of like that too yes. you know where it, that stuff i love it it fascinates me just the this infighting and that black you know, comedy uh, is almost essential to it too yes otherwise mm. it would be right to i don't know just just morose just gross dry. and just yes yeah almost messagey like yeah uh, for people who don't know, the death right. of Stalin is about literally the death of Stalin and then the power vacuum and all the fucking assholes scrambling to fill that power vacuum. But mm -hmm. one of the cool things about it is they don't do any of that enemy at the gates accent bullshit. They don't give a fuck about the mm -hmm. accent or mm -hmm. making Russian actors or any of that, which is hilarious in this era of yeah. representation. <clears throat> I guess nationality and shit right. doesn't matter. But, uh, so it's like Steve Buscemi is Khrushchev, which is fucking yes. what? <laughs> um Jeffrey Tambor is Molotov, right? Or uh, no, not Molotov. Uh, Mal Malenkov. Yes, Malenkov. The, um, Molotov is Michael Palin, which is fucking amazing too. Yes. Um, all yeah, the man. cast in this was so good, dude. Um, uh, Beale, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, the guy who played Barrier. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, Simon Russell Russell Beale. Oh, and uh, Jesus Christ, Rupert Friend is Stalin. Hilarious. Yes. Dude. Uh. uh Oh, good. Um, <clears throat> the black but yeah, comedy, with the though. accents, I wanted to t comment on that accents. Um, I was thinking about that watching it again last night because I had seen it once before. Um, and that occurred to me then, too. And there was something else I had seen recently. I can't remember what that that 
had that discussion about it's set in this area but it's all people with british accents and shit but it's you know it's in well, like every greek roman type yeah, 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 yeah exactly. all of those do that right good, good and then example, you got like but, prince of thieves where kevin costner just didn't give a shit but then yes. you have like um christian slater doing some weak ass british sort of accent while costner doesn't right. care it's just hilarious. my thoughts on that is like especially with respect to death of stalin is it it it's better that the actor communicate the mannerisms and the Absolutely. inflections and things more than the accent or any, cause it's not like even in Russia, they're not speaking in English with Russian accents, you know, exactly. they're speaking in Russian. So like even English with a Russian affect is almost off putting in a way. It's kind of better just to be, you know, inhabit the character and use whatever, you know, dialect you have than to possibly, do a less convincing version because you're trying to do this accent exactly know? and it's like a play where if they put on some shakespeare production in russia they're not going to be doing fucking english accents and shit in it they're gonna do it in russian right or even if in english yes. not translated in their own accents you know mm -hmm. and speaking of plays this very much I, I looked it up thinking it would be adapted from a play it's actually adapted mm -hmm. from a french graphic Comic. novel yeah yeah, yeah i didn't realize that until amazing last night too instead of 2010 and 2012 graphic novel in wikipedia so i guess maybe it's a two-part thing or some shit I don't yeah know. who knows yeah, weird. Too. Uh, maybe there's two editions of it i don't know i, love uh, I would love to get my hands on it though. The subject though yeah. yes i would love to see what the art looks like what the you know but it felt like this would make an amazing play yes and we talk a lot on this show and on previous incarnations of the show about the difference between stage and film but how we don't think they have to be as separate as people think they are like films don't have to be super visual you can very easily just shoot a fucking right. play and it's awesome you know um but this just felt so dialogue driven but almost slapstick at times like a noise is right. off kind of thing which yes, is a filming of a play mm -hmm. um you could almost film a filming of a play Birdman, that kind of shit you know yes of this yes be amazing uh, right from the beginning of the film, you know, where they're with the yes. orchestra's playing the Fucking piece and they, you know, Stalin calls, Stalin calls and well, they call him and the, you know, the person running the operation there and to call back in 17 minutes or whatever the fuck it was. Yes. And they, like they weren't even sure how long, you know, it's been since they started figuring out what 17 minutes was from that point and how that meant your life or death. You know, if you called it the wrong time that everyone's so paranoid that it's amazingly you know, effective because it works like a sitcom but the stakes are death. Yes, right. It's not like wife's gonna be mad or some shit if I don't call it the right time. You know, it's like death, but mm -hmm. it uses comedy to sell that ultimate fear that everybody has and the lengths they'll go to to not fall foul of this fucking yeah. dictator who yes. at a whim could just have you killed and shit. Like, like there's a great scene where um, Molotov, who himself was like the whole uh, behind the, the background uh, or the setup of the film before death, uh, Stalin's death is introduced is that there's a sort of a cleansing happening. They have a list. It's mostly doctors, ironically, when Stalin needs one the most. And they're, they've killed off all these intellectuals and stuff where they were in the process of doing that. So they're in the gulags and shit. Yes. And Molotov was on that list and they all like were hanging out and laughing and stuff and like, good night. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, Barry, as Molotov's walking off, is like a good night, you sweet, you know, bastard or whatever. And you, you poor, you know, because he's doomed because he's on the list, you know, he's going to Barry be knows he's like the right hand yes. guy, basically. Yeah. Um, and I was always fascinated with Beria, by the way, in history in general. So it was, it was interesting because he's just a, such a monster. Um, yeah, we can dig into some of this Russian history, which you're more well-versed on than I am. But And uh, Molotov later in the film, though, where I was going to go with that, of the, like, the lengths people will go to and everything. So he ends up getting spared because of Stalin's death. So they decide to put a moratorium on the killings and things for a moment while they deal with it. And Molotov is brought back into the fold. But it also had been revealed that I think it was his wife was um, yes. imprisoned by Pauline. Stalin or even possibly executed. He didn't know for treachery, you know, treason or, you know, uh, something. What's well, hilarious because he like assumes that. she's been killed. killed. So yeah. he's, he they're all talking about, she killed. was such a traitor. He's even saying his exactly. own wife That's what was I'm a going traitor. With this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, and Beria actually had her secreted away maybe for future use or whatever, like a moment like this. And he was bringing her back to uh, Molotov. And meanwhile, Molotov and Khrushchev's played by Steve Buscemi are uh, they're meeting up and, you know, trying to figure out their schemes and stuff. And um, they, you know, uh, 
Molotov is like throwing his ex-wife under the bus saying, yeah, she was a fucking traitor. She deserved it, you know, because he's trying to keep himself in their good graces. But as they're having this discussion, Beria brings <laughs> his wife reason. up and, you know, shows up with her. But she isn't she's, you know, outside the door frame at first because it's supposed to be a surprise, you know, and there's shit talking her the entire time how she deserved it and shit. And then, right. Uh, and then as soon as she walks in, they're like in mid sentence go, oh, I miss you but it was, all, you know, like it was all trumped up. It was bullshit. You know? Made it timing yes. impeccable. The thing is that I was thinking with that. She can't even be mad because in that environment, right. I everyone has to was. give everyone else the benefit of the doubt that you're saying whatever you have to say to not get your ass killed. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. You kind so of it's like, baby, I didn't mean it. I was just trying not right. to get fucking killed too. <laughs> Oh man, but just the little quips and things, just the behind people's backs comments throughout the whole thing. It's just fucking just constant. Felt like it was real people because they would throw in dumb shit like Andrea Riseboro or whatever her name is. Andrea, I don't know how you pronounce her name either. Awesome actress. She was in Birdman, yeah, speaking of it. Svetlana, um, yes. Stalin's daughter. Stalin's daughter. Like she's sitting there talking at one point by the bed that he was in where he died, I think, right? The hospital bed. And she's just like, why? Who puts a lamp on a chair? Just right. dumb shit. Yes, because she's is, like grieving and one and focused exactly, on some weird but it's thing. Like, to, as a writer, those are the things you don't think to do. Like, oh yeah, put yes. that character in a real place and time where they mm-hmm. look away and they comment on something in the room or whatever. And it makes it just feel so much more real, even though it's absurd as fuck. Everything that's happening. That specific moment, I wondered if it was improv, like it was actually, and she actually yes, was wondering I that wondered, herself. There's a few of that, but uh, but I could see it being scripted because I I do have um that confidence in Ian. Yeah, like when uh the composer fell and hit his head in Patty Constantine or Constantine. I, I need to start looking up name pronunciation. Shit, <laughs> amazing Irish actor. See in America if you've never seen it. Um. He's the guy at the very beginning who's scared he's going to be killed because he didn't record the concert. So he's scrambling to get this whole concert put back on again immediately. It's like he's holding the audience hostage as they're trying to leave and shit and making the <laughs> orchestra play a second time just so he can record it for Stalin and everything. Yes. And awesome. the pianist refused to play because yes. her family and friends have been killed. She's a babe to Olga Kurilenko. Yeah. She's yeah. a Bond girl. So right. says it all. Quantum of Solace, I think. Um, so the composer like faints because this shit's just so crazy and you know again everyone's exasperated death and life and death is on the line and shit and he faints and he falls and hits his head like on this like trash bucket or something that was attached yes. to the wall and constantly just like who put um, that there yeah it was a like a, a fire extinguisher yes. sort of something like he was like who yeah <laughs> like he fell and hit his head on it but he was blaming it because he's just looking for something to blame you know yeah it's hilarious and everyone's just pissed and on edge and fucking yeah that's what's so great about it, it really even though it's funny as fuck every second of its runtime almost it really sells what that impression is like where everyone's mm-hmm. on edge and just can't mm-hmm. scared to say the right thing and the wrong thing and, and there are a lot broader things to talk about when it comes to that like the the one of the biggest problems the world faces constantly uh, is a, a political figure rising to too much power one individual and those direct under him like barry and stuff but it, i'm speaking to stalin and you know today you have putin and even trump you know like some people would would like to see trump installed in that kind of level of power you know like I, I, i'm i wouldn't want to get behind any leader that much you know i no. think it's unsafe to do that you know you you you, you need to always temper it with some skepticism about their motives and just like not even that even if their motives are good you just don't want to give too much power to any one individual that this kind of shit is what will ultimately happen right you can't set up a system in which like oh we're going to give this guy this power because we like him and trust him but the next guy who comes along gets the same right. power now which is what happened with up. lenin and stalin right exactly and, uh, and even you lenin, you know, in families even like we dealt with some of that mom's boyfriends and stepdads that authoritarian bullshit where you're just on edge and on eggshells all the time about saying and doing the wrong thing and shit and feeling watched and oppressed essentially you know it's fucking no way to live dude and this is a good opportunity to talk about what's going on in russia now like as like at the moment um navalny he's in he you know was poisoned but and of course, it's assumed that it was by Putin's people, you know, Navani being a huge critic of, and I've only read his name, I'm assuming that's how it's pronounced, but mm-hmm. um, he, while away, he was, you know, I think in England or somewhere in Europe, he was poisoned and barely made it. And then he went back to Russia just like a week or two ago and knowing that he'd probably be arrested and put in jail, which is what happened, but he was prepared and he had a, uh, he has a group of people who are leaking anti-Putin 
like a two hour documentary one on YouTube and um, the identity of Putin's 17 year old Instagramming daughter, uh, love child and um, Putin's estate that's like a mini kingdom, just this uh, super opulent multi-billion dollar, I think it is, estate. Um, and he's doing this all from prison and they can't touch him because there's this whole, the public is actually rebelling a bit against Putin. So he can't just like off him that easily now is a crazy like chess hero, match. Yeah. Um, I'm Russia is fascinating, dude. Yeah, no, I'm always amazed by From these the situations Bible. where somebody doesn't just assassinate these motherfuckers. A Putin, you mean? Yeah, like Any someone in their group Stalin, or something. Hitler, like some kitchen cook with you. Yeah, exactly. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, Saddam, all these guys. Like, there's not one person, Caligula, you know, he's like raping people's wives and shit. Not one of those husbands just fucking took a chance to, you know, right. just grab a knife at the dude. kitchen table just... and just fucking slash his throat or whatever. Fear, dude, it just like puts a fucking stamp on your will it seems you know well that's like even um the jews who were lined up and stuff like none of them fighting back and everything you just you probably get paralyzed you know right and there were some they'd get snuffed out so quickly and then you're scared by seeing that example made and shit and it's a attrition of hope you know like by the time you're (laughs) at the edge of the pit you've already been oppressed so much and you've seen it happen enough to where you just like i know it's useless to fight so fucking sad um, but yeah, Russia, I was going to say their entire history, like of the like America, you know, obviously, like if it, it seems like many Americans see America as being like the center of the world, you know, but when you look at the entire course of history, Russia, if you go far back enough, you have like the Mongols, you know, took over Moscow for a period. And uh, you have even in World War Two, Russia was kind of the the main protagonist, you know, they right early on you know they uh made a a truce with germany which germany broke and attacked russia stupidly probably as big as hitler's biggest blunder and and uh russia was also fighting the japanese and and there are some who say that the the bombs weren't really what ended the war it was the fighting with russia that japan thought they couldn't sustain yeah that's the thing it's just such a huge landmass with so many fucking people it's like you said and it wasn't that in princess bride never go to war or enter a land war and fucking asia or some shit yes right <laughs> it's because um, like china and russia they just they just keep throwing people at you dude it's a meat grinder and it's fucking crazy how they essentially devalue life which is something i thought about in this film how we talk all the time in the shit about ego and the role ego plays in almost everything we do mm-hmm. and it's interesting that you live in this system that seems to not value life at all to the point where people are so threatened that they value their own existence so much that it makes them devalue everyone else's. You know what I mean? Like they're willing to sell everyone else out to survive and shit. You know? Yeah. Mindset. Right. Right. It's crazy. And really my position, my philosophy personally is the exact opposite that the human life and the human, you know, uh, the human side is really the most important thing over state over anything. You know what I mean? And that's the problem. A lot of these, societies fall into they put the state above themselves and i think that's dangerous absolutely that's, and i get the libertarian mindset as far as fuck government and all that because of that mm-hmm, but uh mm-hmm. doesn't mean you can't have order and you know regulation yeah. and shit that benefits the average person the most you know yeah like my like ideals are very libertarian it's like do what you want like the government shouldn't intervene I think the government primarily should be there to stop people from victimizing each other, especially like murder and rape and shit. That's obvious. Right. But also at certain other levels of like exploiting people to too much degree. Um, but it doesn't, it, it shouldn't legislate morality, you know, the, the state. Um, right. And there's the idea and, just that human nature is so nasty though, that it's like, yeah, let people alone and let them do what they're going to do, but they're going to do nasty shit. So we need laws right. and rules and a system. Right. And when a victim results from that, then that's when the government needs to be involved. Exactly. exactly. And defend our country that libertarians generally agree. We need a military and stuff. Otherwise, you're just going to get tra- trampled by some other foreign. I'm always surprised eventually. by how much libertarians are OK with rich powered interests having the liberty to trash the environment that all of us share. That's one thing about libertarians. Right. I wish there were more environmentalist libertarians right. who are like, and what's funny this is because many of, them, all of us. 
and many of them are sort of what outdoorsman types and stuff so right there's this weird all dichotomy there fences it's the clive and bundy ranch this yeah. is my lane and that's your lane and it's very mm -hmm. weird it's very much about ownership and not at all socialistic and, um, but really public lands like they don't even necessarily believe in public lands it's like sell off everything to oil and shit it's gross dude yeah because that's uh, that guy uh tj from say deep they. fat fried um that guy tj from deep fat fried was talking about libertarian because he's when he went on the internet originally he was a libertarian mm -hmm. and he's changed now and he he basically said you know when i realized that all you end up doing is replacing the government with the emperor of Amazon and yes. Jeff Bezos being the emperor. You know, that's where it's headed if you just allow corporations. And even less accountability. Right. Um, so to me, I'm pro-capitalist, pro, um, uh, the, well, that the, the economy, the a capitalist economy. Um, but I'm also pro-union. I think they're perfect counterbalances. It seems like people are all one way or the other, you know? But it's crazy to me. Like you don't you're see not going to role that both play and how we both right. are vital. But yes, it's a struggle yeah. for balance. You need capitalism if you want people to do shit, the jobs that no one's going to want to do if it weren't because they they need an income, like slaughterhouses and shit. Like who's going to mm -hmm. ever do that if you're capitalism has several because, benefits. Yes, that's um, one of them. You know, you genius know. is rewarded because you create great products and innovation. Have all yeah. the technology we have, et cetera. If the government, if it were like some 1984 government runs everything, they decide what we work or what we don't. It would be a mess. It is cool so to be able need, to get rich. Yeah, to go so rags you, to capitalism's riches. beautiful, but it needs to be checked. That's all. It's just that's the that I think most people, even like when we talked to Colby, he said you need to have antitrust laws and things. So it's like okay, so we all agree there needs to be some de most agree some degree of government interference with just letting shit just go fuck it like the free hands is just you know like oh, the thing is so many of those colby types wild. and shit are so against any kind of equitable wealth distribution which if anything this coronavirus shit has illustrated that we need it more than ever yeah if we had baked well, into our system a ubi right everything would be fine all the small businesses everything would be fine and afloat and here's another thing how about Instead of the government always bailing out big business during this time, and we're so worried about small businesses and you get the Joe Rogans and shit. That's their whole thing is small businesses. Mm -hmm. How about big business bails out small business? Mm -hmm. There's your antitrust thing. Make Amazon mm -hmm. pay to keep your mom That's and nice. pop alive. Yeah. You tax the big businesses to support the small, but you funnel yes. it. Yes. And it's all business. Like it's business, that. keeping business alive. You're not taking mm -hmm. from taxpayers to make right. and people yeah. could say, cost will go up but we've research has shown that it's minimal because it's all diffused it's fractions of pennies every time and you know. yeah and with a currency being fiat as it is it's all going to stabilize itself like the value of say a house is dictated by like to say it's four hundred thousand dollars a dollar is just where where a dollar landed because the economy is such that it costs x dollars to build a house there's this much demand there's this much supply people make a certain amount of income but it's all variable to different degrees right you know? and then the profit margin is that's where like bidding comes in where profit margin is variable depending on supply demand etc you know that but that's where you can take it from amazon these companies have made yeah, the billions profits. they've done better during this right. fucking pandemic so sap that shit from them exactly and here's another thing and then you can end the income tax Yes, like a corporate personhood, though. These co these companies and corporations yeah. get to say they're people. Well, what happened to ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Apply that to those motherfuckers. Apply the and same honestly, standard that we... That's a great quote, but I've I've always thought about, you know, I'm like... It kind I of think really it means your, your fellow man is the way yeah, to say it. To help your community, et cetera. Exactly. Yeah. Help your but, neighbor. Um, I mean, ultimately, my my preferred outcome... You know, because here's the thing we talk about, for example, like my saying capitalism. Ca yeah, right. Capitalism is great because you won't no one would want to fucking cut hair and, uh, you know, work uh, like again at a, at a even a, what's considered a D or was at the time considered a decent job, like building automobiles in a factory. No one's going to want to do any of that if it's because if it's not because they get a paycheck. Right. Obviously. Right. Um, but eventually we're going to get to a point where most of that's automated and there won't be any jobs doing that. Right. So 
And we're already at a point, if it's not automated, there's people in other countries who would do it cheaper and it's cheaper to yes. ship than to pay people here, which mm-hmm. broke the which unions essentially. But yeah, I always thought that we should have just as a country, the, the perfect solution rather than just outright like tariffing or saying you can't import from this country, whatever is to just simply say that any factor, any product sold in the U.S., the factory at which it was created has to have these minimum conditions. Right minimum way the u.s minimum wage u.s osha but they don't want that i know but i'm just saying that's that something would like be we the, the people way. would have to somehow make happen through yes taking over and, congress and, and no one's going to go to the street to demonstrate for the rights right. of foreign workers you know because right. i think what you're doing is right what you're saying is the perfect hack because what yes. needs to happen essentially is workers the world over need to unionize together Chinese mm-hmm. workers and American workers have the same That's what communism demand is, essentially. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, hey, man, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. Stalinism is not com- socialism, you know, exactly. essentially. So, exactly. I think, well, the essence but, but what you're saying is like a, a hack, though. Labor Knowing that's never going to happen. Exactly. The easiest thing to do is take over the mechanism of regulation. Yes. And then regulate equitable shit. But uh, ultimate power corrupts ultimate yeah, the, absolutely the people who are in power don't want that they want to keep and even people who get into power for altruistic reasons are corrupted by it and shit a lot of mm-hmm. times too like all these people who knows when nancy pelosi and shit or fucking mitch mcconnell got into office if they really were idealists and eventually just became these political animals and shit and millionaires you know yeah i think that's often the case i think many people who start in politics they're idealistic they're you're going to demonstrations they believe in the spirit of what they're saying and everything it's but like the, throwing yeah, some christian virgin who was saving himself for marriage in a strip club or something <laughs> like, right yeah it's a good way there? to put it good luck with those ideals and discipline and shit especially when everyone around you is doing it um tulsa gabbard was just on rogan again talking about literal deals where democrats would come to her and say look, this is how you need to vote, because if you don't vote otherwise, it's going to look good for Donald Trump. Shit like the stimulus checks, right? right? Yeah. So we can't let Trump get this big stimulus win, not before the election. Which is bullshit. It's like you're fucking the people. Yep. That's the problem with the Democratic Party. It's reminiscent of Corpus, uh, Corpus, of uh, Christie, uh, what's his name, Richard Christie? Corpus Christie from Newport News. (laughs) Is it Chris? That's where my mind went. Chris Christie, is that his name? Shit, Christie. Um, the shutdown of the bridge. Yes. You know, and supposedly, like he, it's like the mob. He's removed enough from it that you can't put, lay it on him. But his staff essentially shut down a bridge, um, a public bridge between like New Jersey and New York or something like that, to uh, punish the local government there for going against them on something. Which is insane. And the people who end up suffering are the commuters and anyone who might have needed emergency services, you know, it's just awful. People are pawns all the time. That's just fucking unacceptable. It's pathetic, honestly, but it's like, how do you rest? I know. If if if, if it's almost like you just gotta find some way to diffuse power. Mm-hmm. Which is the libertarian thing, I guess. Just yes. topple the government, then there are no opportunities for corruption. But it doesn't work. We got what's a better mechanism? That's what my problem with the libertarian movement was never as offered right. to me a better solution because right. just a wild west doesn't sound like a better solution than what we have, honestly. To me, I think, ironically, I, I feel like Robert Barron, our heart of hearts, almost everyone has the same answer, and they just don't. They just latch onto these other narratives and shit. But if you lay it out point by point you say you know yeah you can't give government too much power you can't give corporations or any individual too much power it's all about power and therefore the only way to solve that is by having a government that has the authority to regulate power right i mean that's the only and right which the, is what we but have but have then to it's design just it. make it as transparent as possible exactly that's you have to problem. design it in such a way that it can't be abused it's immune to it's uh, you know and yeah transparency is probably number one you know, the number one way Almost, to accomplish that. this is how the deep state rolls into it, which kind of brings you back to the death of Stalin type shit, too, is that people say, all right, so another reason I like Tossie and all of you Russian agent people can suck my dick. I don't care who the fuck you are. Even if I love you and I'm related to you, you're fucking dumb about this. Ironically, a lot of the same. Well, no, I won't say it's the same people, but you have the whole Russia gate thing, too, with Trump that may have been. Oh, yeah, you know, it's 
it's tied up together. Russia game is overblown too, in my opinion. Well, I just mean in that, like many of the people who criticize Tulsi, I think, are actually liberals. Who? Yeah, exactly. The right yeah, loves they're, her. They're the, they, they, they are behind, you know, the Russia gate sort right. of uh, movement as well. Yeah. Yeah. Libertarians that should love her, you know, uh, even some conservatives love her because yeah, for one reason, she's willing to go on Fox and talk to people because she, mm-hmm. as she says, you make peace with enemies, not fucking with friends, you know, right. Um, you got to talk to people you disagree with and go again. If you want to be president, you want to be president of America, not the 78 million that voted for you. So you do got to fucking reach out to everyone and appeal to everyone. Um, Well, her thing about the regime change wars. So much of this shit is about the military congressional industrial complex, which as soon as you say that, I know neoliberal types, and man, I'm sounding like Ryan Jackson and shit now, even using these terms. But I know a lot of people on the left who like, Th- immediately think you're talking like deep state which leads to QAnon, which leads you know all this crazy mm-hmm. shit like the well there's a i've had people even that... say as soon as someone says the military industrial complex i tune out mm. like damn Are you kidding dude. Me? no no that's real that's I mean, the real issue no that's question Jack london the iron heel called it 100 well fucking i mean years i just Eisenhower. saw a meme <clears throat> recently that was like <clears throat> damn sorry it, it, well, all i remember about it specifically is how it talked about how we will like spend millions on a predator drone that drops missiles or bombs that cost 78,000 each or something. And like, when you think about that, like the, we're, we're applying that degree of expense to do what in Afghanistan and shit, you know what, what I'm saying? What could you do like, with that money? Or the bomb, other like right. tribal, you know, yeah, <clears throat> people. Um, we can't afford you to be a and it's purely because, I mean, the main thing that you take it all the way back is jobs. People would say, oh, you know, the right. military industrial complex, that's our current Even economy, Bernie, basically. Uh, Bernie opponents will critique him on how the F-22 Raptors were built in Vermont. They had some huge contract to build Raptors, which was a whole fucking clusterfuck and money sink, you know. Um, here's the point. What I was getting at initially, though, with even invoking Tulsi and foreign policy is that foreign policy dictates that you need to run these reindeer games which is cia type shit clandestine operations whatever that's the enemy of transparency that's what they use to keep all this shit secret which then creates this shroud over everything which then allows Mm -hmm. all this fuckery to take place so you almost just have to be principled and say we're not going to have these regime uh, change wars and have this kind of clandestine foreign policy shit just so we have transparency on our own shit at home exactly exactly completely agree because like the weekly a great way to to you know um shed light on all that like what happened with wikileaks julian assange was given a bunch of information by like people you know um i forget his name the the cadet who uh, chelsea manning now. chelsea manning yeah um it, people like that right but what what did chelsea manning give wikileaks Real information shit. about yeah like, information. abuses of power yeah, essentially exactly. but but there is a flip side to that too, though. Like WikiLeaks, I believe it was WikiLeaks published the information on operatives within Turkey who were anti-government operatives mm-hmm. and was their addresses and shit like that. So it's all gray. It's it's all on a spectrum because I'm all for. I, I think the difference is government versus individual. You know, like with WikiLeaks, for example, the government, it's their. It, it's it, at least in the current paradigm, which I don't actually l- agree with or like, but it's their responsibility to protect their secrets, to punish someone else for publishing secrets that they let leak. However, it happened is is fucked up to punish Assange for, pu- right. for Here's my publishing thing. your secrets because you right. can contain them. You know, part of the thing with that is one of the critiques against him. And it goes back to the charge of treason, which is punishable by death. I'm, I have it's, a whole that you could thing cost, on that too. Right. That you could cost lives. But that's acting as if the other system isn't chewing up lives all day. Right. Like what was well, th- Chelsea Manning releasing though, was some shit of lives being cost and shit, right? To our and, whole ultimate point, though, if we didn't have operatives in Turkey, you know, who were, I mean, you know, or weren't even fucking with that shit, then we wouldn't have anything to be embarrassed about or to risk people's lives because we're not participating. That's Tulsi's point. You know, we shouldn't even be fucking mired in that bullshit. We should just, yes, have a robust defense 
guns pointed outside our borders anyone fucking flies in or fucks with us they get fucking shot down totally um, done for. if someone's trying to fuck with our infrastructure you know we protect her protect yourself that's all you don't have to go change regimes you don't have to change the world protect yourself i think what changed a lot of this is a new example it's the paranoia that nukes produce that we got to stop these other fuckers from getting the bomb because they want somebody will use one on us one day. That is no a, matter how many guns you have pointing at the sky, yep. With, you're not you going to stop the North nukes. Korea, et cetera, fucking Pakistan has nukes. Right. And everyone talks about how many nukes do you need? We have more than you need. That's because some will be intercepted. You need to launch 100 nukes. So when 50 of them get caught by weapon systems and shit, you know, the, the rest the, go through. You know? The but whole Reagan, Reagan Star Wars thing. Yeah. That's a whole interesting conversation because, and this has to do with Russia, which somewhat ties into our fucking movie review of the, the death of Stalin, which is hilarious. That the still is that, but um, that uh, I believe it was Gorbachev at the time, right, who didn't want Reagan to have um, to introduce Star Wars, which Star Wars was right. a protection sort of um, like satellites and um, you know NATO uh, sites that would be able to shoot down. It's a missile interception. Um, miss, yeah, it's the, it's missile prevention of systems. Yeah. Right. So that that's an interesting philosophical discussion because it's like, wait, so you you are against the idea of us protecting ourselves from being nuclear bombed. But the reason for that is some argue that nukes are good because it's mutually assured destruction. And therefore, mm-hmm. you end up with sort of a stalemate where no one even starts two big wars because they'll get nuked. They'll end up right. to, with Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Yeah, the problem is then you need to give every country a nuke because then we have proxy wars and we destroy well, other countries yes. over this shit. Yes. But I mean, as awful as that, I don't think we should do proxy wars, but you, if you compare it to before we had nukes mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. World War II, like 60 million or whatever died, you know, um, the mutually assured destruct, like if you give it to every country though, that you have a higher potential of um you know rogue you know what? i'm gonna give trump some props which but you I, know is not my style his whole cushioner even i'll give props as much of a weaseling little piece mm-hmm. of shit as he seems to be i don't know the guy i can't speak to his character but i mean from what i see he should be in succession or something right yes yeah it came to mind too when you <laughs> so his whole plan, though, for it's peace totally in the true. Middle East was to just get them all doing business together. Yeah, I don't think that's wrong. Yes, I think people I think... won't need nukes if we're all in business right. together. And if you kill exactly. me, your business suffers. Exactly. We need that to tie is, it all I will up. Agree so with globalism, Trump... in a sense, makes sense. But Trump is then yes. funny. It's anti-globalist in a lot of times. Yes. It's, right. It's all well, it's a mixed message is the problem, you know? Yeah. Well, their system that they seem to want to run with and maybe it's it's because we're in our current situation you know but um the idea would be that nations compete with each other and ally with each other on economic terms that is definitely better than on warlike terms you know than the way our differences resolve for example in world war ii and world war one which is really all one big war in the end right um it's better. I, I mean, even if people are exploited and oppressed, at least it's because like the, the whole reason that capitalism, like the even the exploitation works is because it's taking people out of extreme, complete poverty. They're mm-hmm. gravitating toward one to two dollar jobs in shitty conditions because it's still an improvement for them. That's what's interesting about it. Yeah, that's actually, what's sad. And that's one of the arguments a lot of pro business right wingers and shit use is that capitalism is lifting more people out of poverty than socialism ever has or could you know and it's not and it's all true in that sense it's subjective it's subjective like what 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 do you what are you owed out of life is the question you know what i mean so like let's say you are in some remote village somewhere and there's a drought and there's no farming to be done and you're just starving and then you could go work in this factory for a couple dollars an hour which is complete shit to us but to them they can send money back home and they're keeping their family food on the table and all that kind of stuff it is a it's very complex and subjective you know like ideally my preference is that everyone have a certain standard of living that's better than that like obviously but the reality of the world it's like incremental you know over time 
we're progressing to a point where eventually everyone hopefully will have better standards of living, but we're in this weird transitory phase right now. Right. Part of it is that whole argument of incremental progress first. We want it and we want it now, which I totally yes. understand. It's yep. really hard for like marginalized people to sit there and look. And this is kind mm -hmm. of goes to Black Lives Matter and shit where we're sick of white Democratic Republic or Democrats saying, we're going to get there. It's incremental. They're like, fuck yeah. that. We want equality now. We want justice yeah. now, you know, which I get. But mm -hmm. Um, it leads to upheavals and then sometimes more victimhood and shit, depending on, you know, just the combativeness of it. I'm not talking about Black Lives Matter specifically. I'm talking just movement, people's movements, you know what I mean? A revolution. Well, e the reason we even work eight hour work days, there was bloodshed right. and, you know, haymarket riots and such, you know, so. And not even uh, in fighting, but like the shirt waist fires and just bad work yep. standards and, you know. And of course, the I mean, you know, this is back to the fighting side, but the Pinkertons, et cetera, you know, were oppressing people who were trying to get better conditions for themselves. I mean, it did require. That's the problem with with our condition is sometimes like the French Revolution, et cetera, it requires blood to change things. But I don't. Well, it it has required, I'll say, through history. That's but, what I'm wondering. Like, can we start at least exploring ways? To yes. Change that's things, the get answer. transparency, et cetera, without mm -hmm. bloodshed we we have seen how coming at problems in a thoughtful procedural way accomplishes things most even in the capitalist corporate world most ones who succeed are do so because they put thought into their business plan you know they thought like five ten years where are we taking this and oftentimes it goes off the rails but we should be applying the same thing to that you might for say a robotics company that's trying to yeah, know, well, the scientific method the, yes you know with an eye um, on history that's uh, what we've observed you make hypothesis based on historical data mm -hmm. we can look at history and learn it's like we learn no lessons from history. we just keep right. doing the same shit over and over i mean maybe again incremental incrementally lessons, yes. but Clearly, we're definitely to go back to papers, better, better angels of our nature, or whatever the fuck it's yeah. called. Um, that if you look at progress, you know, through history, we're definitely doing better than we ever were. That's one of the things that is difficult to reconcile. Like, you know, how many cell phones are in the world? I mean, even people who are in, you know, developing or third world, whatever you want to call them, countries the majority of i won't say majority i don't know that for a fact but like a, a large a growing number of people have access to information um i always saw that as like a great thing because you know people can record on the ground say government coups and things like that mm -hmm. you know um or arab oppression. spring a lot of it was because yes. of this yes. technology but 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 now i'm more cynical because i'm glad you mentioned that the arab spring is a great example look what happened in egypt it got hijacked by the, um the um was it the something brotherhood the i forget but they they just yeah they they the, it gets corrupted too you know even those movements like or another example that we're dealing with in a major way is like QAnon and shit where the fact that everyone does have access to cell phones and the internet and everything, you know, you think it could be this promising, okay, now we all can access information. We can all make the informed, you know, again, the internet is a tool and if, you know, it gets yes. misused, abused, you know, all the time, misinformation can be spread just as easily now, you know? Right. Exactly. And uh, sadly, so misinformation is usually more appealing to people than yes. the truth, you know, and Convenient. it's on each individual to check themselves and think like am i buying into this too readily because if it's this narrative that i you know tend to you know prefer um versus setting i mean a lot of it's noise too you know even the q all this stuff it's just like even the president itself is noise you know who's president like if we all i just know that if if the entire world operated the same way i do which is to be to, to be respectful towards other people to put in your effort that your best effort um to just basically not be a dick as we have said Fair. before just don't be a dick if the entire world operated on that one principle don't be a dick we'd all be fine but unfortunately there's just too many motherfuckers out there that just don't operate on that rule no and that and, goes back to that ego shit again mm -hmm. and that's where we arrive back at you need the whole ego is someone's gonna well be a dick to me i better be a dick first 
mm-hmm. you know, which is understandable because it's just how do you break that cycle? It's ingrained in us because it's a truism. People are going to fuck with you. So you got to become That's a piece true. of bad exactly. piece of shit and steal yourself against it and pre- preemptively attack sometimes right. mm-hmm. so that you don't get attacked. So it's just how do we get everyone to settle down? Mushrooms, dude. Right. Mushrooms. Seriously. <laughs> just just everyone microdose, supply. psilocybin, all that kind of existential fear can go away a little bit. We can all act a little more reasonably and shit. Mm-hmm. It should be like a rite of passage because actually, I mean, there's been evidence and studies that have shown that I don't know about psilocybin, but marijuana, if you consume it at too young an age, it could fuck your brain up. Right. Um, at an adolescent age. So I'm just thinking like at a, as a rite of passage into adulthood, because um, with psilocybin, I mentioned that no gas, no brakes guy who does like these sort of like what Greg Zard's doing just goes to like he went to Sturgis too, you know, right. and use sort of Socratic method, but in a very comedic way will interview people well he uh, i mentioned i saw a documentary recently with uh, just talking about his whole sh- process which basically he just is in an rv just traveling the country just you know recording people and stuff. tom green but, no no this is uh i forget his name but no, tom gra- green's doing no, too, no, which is awesome. yeah yeah he is too yeah i don't know if he's in, i mean he's interviewing people but not the same way like yeah, yeah it's not like that yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but this no, I wish I knew his name, but no gas, no breaks guy at one moment near the end of this documentary was a vice documentary. Um, he said when he was 13, he did too many shrooms and has this, and he rattled off the acronym for the condition it is where he sees like snow in his vision constantly. He said, even now when I'm talking to you, I just see this like static and shit. So, and that's from shrooms. He said at 13 so i'm developing this i this um perspective that things like psilocybin and cannabis and everything are good when you're an adult because mm. it's a way to sort of reset yourself and you're Undo already pretty well the childhood shit. yeah the hardwiring yes. right but when you're an adolescent you're still be, being hardwired so right. you don't want to fuck with that natural process of as you're still developing just don't interfere with that. Just well, here's that the thing. If all the adults then, are doing mushrooms, we'd have less fucked up kids. That's true, too. Because they wouldn't be abused and shit all the time. Driven, you yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's, we don't need kids on mushrooms and stuff. No. They could just be wired better by being in a more loving environment, which mushrooms would create. But and again, back to that dude with the snow vision and shit, that's like, again, abuse of a tool. Like you did yeah, too he much, used it dude. too much at a too young an age. And just exactly. going hardcore with it. Yeah. Pushing yeah, the limits. Went overboard and shit. You're always like going to get those people. But yes. I think if the more people you had microdosing on shit, the less limit pushing people would feel the need for. And you know that, like, through human history, I mean, this puritanical shit is only recent. You know, earlier in history, we would, you know, I mean, you know, more of a paganistic type of time, you know, we would use this shit in ceremonies and it didn't have this taboo. It's only recently that we started to crack down on that stuff, you know, and so we've probably it's in other words, sort of a a void in our being, you know, our uh, uh, ability to function is, you know, emotionally and such, you know, that you where we've deprived ourselves of these things that throughout history humans have probably been fucking who cares you smoke some weed or whatever i mean we know that shit existed right. um it's shit is purely just another mechanism for control, control. And shit. it's yeah. censorship it's it's all stems from the same place anyone who tells you you can't do anything that doesn't victimize someone else exactly should, you tell them to suck your dick yeah even if you're a chick gi jane did it it's one of the fucking dopest movie moments ever if you're a chick, say suck my yeah, dick. Suck my dick. That was great. <laughs> it's a ridiculous. Okay, was it in Death of Stalin when they wanted to recreate the picture of <laughs> Stalin with the uh, the young girl? You know, when uh, from yes. years before, so they were like, "Go find the young girl, and we'll <laughs> take another picture." You know, with the, the new figure of power, and um, and the they, first first they couldn't find her. So they brought three other candidates or whatever, three or four other candidates. And, you know, we couldn't find her. So how about one of these? And they're like, no, it needs to be the original girl. You know, Malenkov, Jeffrey Tambor's character. And he's going to be taken. 
he's going to be in the picture with the girl from the Stalin picture to show continuity, you know, in yes. the regimes. And then they finally found the original girl and they're like, whoa, whoa, she's way too like tall and old and, <laughs> you know, like uh, relatively. Uh, so, you know, yeah, let's go back to one of these other girls that really isn't her. Yes. Just, and that was just one time. whole thing is just scrambling, scrambling. Yes. And there's always it's, great it's like comedy and scrambling. Even even, if, it's like if somebody's trying to hide a body, they murdered someone. They're trying to hide a body. You can make that funny as hell. I actually had a buddy last night who was watching Jack. And he was messaging me as he watched it. Our film, Cactus Jack, by the way, trailer plays at the end of this. Go to www.cactusjackfilm.com. You can buy it. Anyway, he uh, was talking about how funny it was. And I was like, you were the, only the second person who has mentioned the humor. Mm-hmm. which i appreciate mm-hmm. here's the thing i'm of the opinion that things can be both hideous and hilarious at the same time that's what death exactly. of stalin is it's hideous yes. and hilarious at the same our shit is way more offensive in doing it mm-hmm. but jack is a funny guy he's a shit talker he's funny right. in that shit talking at the corner mm-hmm. of the bar kind of way you know what i mean mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. a troll and trolling it's better it's to laugh funny. at it in a way you right. know um Man Bites Dog gets referenced a lot yes. when people, you know, in reviews of Jack and stuff. And it was like that, too. It dealt with even worse things than what Jack was doing in some ways. I mean, he would, again, it's the, like, literal violence versus verbal. Exactly. Uh, Man Bites Dog, he multiply killed many people, and many of them were, like, immigrants and things like that. It was were some of his favorite fucking victims and shit. Exactly. But it was handled in this black comedy manner. Um, I, I, see, I see Jack that way, too. Yeah, that it's like... He's doing the same shit. It's just verbal. Yeah, it's verbally and, and, slaughtering and, people in funny and fucked up ways, you know what I mean? And in a way, innocent to people. View it, to view it as a comedic thing is a, it sort of takes the teeth out of it, you know what I mean? Like it's a way, it's a great way to handle people like that is to laugh at them, exactly. you know, versus escalating to your own form of violence, which just is a cycle of, uh, you know, perpetuating cycle of violence, whereas you could just we just laughed them back into the basement, you know? Mm. Well, and this, this dude said, he's like, don't get me wrong. It's still scary as hell and creepy as hell, but it's also hilarious. And I said, mission accomplished because most mm-hmm. films don't get you to feel shit, let alone multiple things going on at once. I'm feeling horrified and I can't help but laugh and shit. That to me, target hit, dude. So Jay and I are about to get one after this with uh, a a German uh, podcast or film reviewer. Um, is that live? Do you know? I don't think so. I think I'm it's just recorded. Curious. It's just a Zoom. I don't know if Zoom um, can even do live. But yeah, like I, I don't know how much more there is. I think I think you're right about the double feature, which I agree. Actually, that was my instinct too. Um, and we were doing that with Cinefelix for us to each pick a movie right. for the next week um yeah because there's not much you can really say about death of style it gets you to start right. talking about all these other things which is awesome but it's like you know yes. if you hit a little lull in it or whatever then we could jump on the next one and maybe it's even funny, you only talk about it for five minutes but we could also have guests on these which would always you definitely get an extra 10 minutes out of having a guest yeah it, it would requ- require that they watch the same two films if we or one film no no i'm saying do one film is, yeah, with a make guest, it one film know? yeah so that's yeah that's fair. We can just make who wants more, to watch fucking Death of yeah, Stalin. Who wants to watch go, the yeah. mission and bullshit with us about it next I'm week? I'm down for any of that, man. That sounds fun. So, and it could be the same person for a double feature. They could do two episodes. That's true, too. Or whatever. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's fun to mix it up, too. But I think some of the shit we got into in this one is pretty great. I mean, that the fact that we deviated is better than talking about the film itself. And so, you know, well, that's really, again, the function of film. It's to get yes. you talking about shit in the world and considering the world and everything. It's not to sit there and just keep masturbatorily talking about it over and over. It's like, I don't want my film to be worshipped. I want people to use it as a springboard to have real discussions. I could be mistaken after they on worship. this. I could be mistaken on this, but um, Beria, you know, the the um, sort of antagonist of the movie. Yeah, speak you know, on some of this shit that you were talking about with him. Well, uh, it's been a long time, but, I, you know, for a period, I kind of got obsessed with uh, somewhat. I mean, you know, with everything else going on, but still, you know, yeah, um, not like pursuing. obsessed. Or... Yeah, that's not the right word, but just, you know, um, fascinated, I guess I'll say, with that period, you know, of upheaval in Russia. And Beria himself, I'm pretty sure, was directly responsible for killing his predecessor. 
um, who also was his like trainer, his mentor. You know what I mean? So that yes. alone is, which they didn't get into this at all, which I, I totally understand. It doesn't even, it's not even relevant to it. Right. But, um, but if it was a novel, re- you would have mentioned it. Yes. There was this repeating theme you see in history too, where that sort of happens, where like, it's almost like some Sith shit with Star Wars, you know, the, uh, the apprentice taking out his mentor and, be- and usurping him and stuff. And, th- and that's what happened with Barry. Uh, if I'm pretty sure this is all stripped from memory from shit from like years ago. But um, that the just I often put myself in the head of the people who, like Barry's predecessor, was very much like him, just this spy master, um, had operatives everywhere, all this kind of shit, and to end up in a prison cell himself, it, you know, from the same system that he abused, mm-hmm. and to know his end's coming, you know, it, it's just there's this repeating sort of theme of you know the dark side of human the human uh condition where that tends to happen and it's like most people go this goes back to like the whole denial of death Ernest Becker thing where it's like everyone's operating in a way as if they feel like they're immortal there's no they're they're not you know like these guys that by the end they end up paying penance for oh shit I thought that was the buzzer it's not it's not sorry I was making sure um, my sound was up for the buzzer when it comes, but but yeah. Anyway, in other words, it's, it's just some Game of Thrones theme. shit, man. Yes. Sorry, goddamn, um, that just took it all off. Yeah, but it goes back to this whole deep state KGB CIA mm-hmm. shit we're talking about to even have Which that. Pete himself Imagine from. Think of a family like we made the equation earlier to like stepdad, or you could take a great Santini shit like that. These authoritarian situations in a family it's just extrapolated to a bigger scale with these countries and everything but then imagine this component of all the secrecy in the family that's the worst families where it's like all this molestation going on and mm-hmm. plus outward physical abuse and shit but then there's this layer of other nasty shit that no one talks about and inbreeding and whatever fucking kind of wicked crazy creepy shit's going on which was often probably the norm through history you know what we're only now like you know they called it the dark ages you know this period which primarily had to do with history being not very well documented from that time thus dark you know but um in the sense that most people interpret the dark ages being you know when we were more ignorant and you know the inquisitions and such occurred and uh that may have even been prior the dark ages technically the way it's described but um i feel like we're still in the hopefully final stage of a huge dark age we i mean we still haven't quite emerged um maybe we never will which no, is i think we're like problem. definitely still in it but maybe if you squint you could see the light on the horizon yeah. kind of shit um i mean there's always just going to be fuck i mean just people are fucking crazy man. definitely like better though we're level. not burning astronomers at the stake and shit right we're exactly that's trending what I'm going in the right direction yes. like um, I was looking at um, Beria's Wikipedia Wikipedia page to see if I could find that shit I was talking about his predecessor, but I haven't found that yet. But I just saw randomly a paragraph saying, "Abroad, Beria had met with Kim Il Sung, the future what? leader of North Korea, several times when the Soviet troops had declared war on Japan and occupied the northern half of Korea." So Beria met with Kim Il Sung before he had power. Which I'm sure had to do with them becoming communists, essentially. Someone should do a show. We talked before about doing an Axis and Allies show where it would show both the halls of power and people on the ground and shit. But Mm -hmm. uh, I do think, what if you just made like a straight up soap opera, the halls of power type thing of history throughout history? Like, yes, just because small people really are the pawns, unfortunately. We mm-hmm. very rarely, I mean, every once in a while, somebody will start a well, there are plenty of stories war by assassinating someone and shit, but fascinating, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, yeah, just how history is really wrought by these people, you know, these yes, assholes, the Game meeting. of Thrones side yes. of it, yeah. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever done it, surely. I mean, it doesn't even have to be traumatized, as I, just a well, as documentary I series. Um, I would love know. to do a uh, well, that would be great too. But also, uh, I was talking about the the Book of Earth. You know, U R T H was, which is you know mm-hmm. essentially um, a goddess of fate. You know, and to do it as if it were like a fantasy epic, sweeping like chronology of horses, fucking yes. regimes, and you know dynasties and all the shit. But to do it in this fashion that it's sort of this fantasy 
vogue vibe um uh a mode but to make it all legit like in other words none of it can be it has to be from real world history but, but they're like glitches and shit no 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 i'm saying it's the Just, real history yeah, yeah. of the world as if told yeah, by exactly. this fucking you know chronicle or whatever this fantasy chronicle because there's so much shit in the world like the night of the long knives and the hall of mirrors and i mean it goes on and on, the, 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 all the shit with Genghis Khan and all this. Like, if you were to just basically tell everything Dan Carlin history, talks about, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, this this entire world history 